0: Uh, We're starting a new series this morning in the Book of James called "Real Faith," uh, which is really all about uh, how do we live faithfully as Christians in our world. And so, um, James is one of those practical books. Uh, It's a book that that helps us learn how to live in live well in God's world. Uh, It's the wisdom book of the New Testament. Uh, Lots of people consider it like the Proverbs of the New Testament. Um, and so we'll be focusing on James chapter 1 this morning. Uh, before I read the passage, uh, let me pray that God would help us understand it. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you uh, for this day that you've given us to meet together and to uh, listen to you speak to us through James. Please uh, put away, help us to put away distractions Uh, that might be creeping in on our minds and help us focus on your word and what you're saying to us and help us apply it faithfully so that we may be able uh, to live your way in your world Uh, we ask it all uh, so that your name would be made great and your people would be blessed for we ask it in Jesus' name amen and so if you have um, your bibles there please keep them open to james chapter one Uh, And if you have the sheet that was handed out this morning, that will be helpful too. So let's hear God speak in his word. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flowers fall and its beauty perishes. So also Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. How do you handle trials? How do you handle life's challenges? You know, when you're really sick, uh, when you feel financial pressure, when things are difficult at home, or at work, uh, what do you do? Where do you turn? Are you, are you kind of like the stoic, you know, stiff upper lip? You know, grit your teeth and, you know, push through? Or do you downplay your trials and your pain, just saying things like, oh, you know, there are worse people off than me, it's really not that bad. Or do you, do you start to blame others for the, the suffering and the pain that you're experiencing? Or do you start to take it out on other people? You see, if you ask most people, uh, they would say that tr- trials and suffering are really bad things. That's, that should be avoided. And if you are unfortunate enough to go through them, you should get through them as quickly as you can. Uh, but that's not how God views trials. That's not how God views trials. He, he uses trials in our lives to accomplish his purposes. And James chapter 1 is one of those passages in the Bible that says this. And so this morning we'll see how uh, we can not only endure trials, but that we can grow through our trials by focusing on three areas. So firstly, we should consider trials a joy. As we consider trials a joy, God can use them to actually grow us. Whatever the trial that you're going through, we can deliberately think of it as a joy because we can see God work in it, do his work in us. Now look with me at verse 2. It says it there. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Uh, Trials are difficult. In our passage, trials are are simply unpleasant situations or circumstances that really put our faith to the test or reveal our lack of faith. So why would God say that we should consider trials joy? Well, it can actually refine us. It can produce in us what the passage says, steadfastness or perseverance. It's kind of like... um, the purifying process of metal. I'm I'm no expert, so please don't quote me later, but when you superheat metal, a lot of the impurities are are bubbled to the surface and you can get rid of them in that way. And so you can can refine metal that way and that's what we do with like silver and gold. Now the process um, is hot and and that's how trials can feel to us. It can feel like heat. So when we go through trials, yes, it'll be painful, but God actually uses it to grow us. Just think for a moment, so James is writing to the Christians of his day who are spread out, they're dispersed, it says in verse 1, the 12 tribes, they're in the dispersion, they're spread out, they're likely experiencing persecution. And he says they should and we should consider their trials a joy. Why? Because it can produce steadfastness. Look with me at verse 3. It says this, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Now, steadfastness is a fancy word that just means endurance or perseverance. The Greek word is is like, it comes from the word like hyperstand to stand where you are and remain where you are in the midst of your trial so that we can endure to the end. Now, for those who have gone through a trial, And come out the other side, you know that this is true because you've seen how God has worked in you and through you to get you to the other side. Hopefully, you've looked back and you can recognize the Holy Spirit's work in you to grow you to be more like Christ. And so, this is how we can consider trials of joy by looking at what they can produce in us, how we can be blessed by them, even though they are extremely painful and unpleasant. God can use them to grow us in godly character, to be complete and perfect. that's what it says there in verse 4. Did you see it there? Look with me. It says this. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Well, what does that mean? Is Is that talking about being perfect in this life? You know, sinless perfection. I never sin anymore. God's done his work. Uh, No, in this context, perfect means uh, being fully prepared to endure trials well. And so we can see here that trials, even though they're painful, they're actually an opportunity for us to refine our faith. They're opportunities for us to be equipped to better handle life's trials. And then, after that, you'll be able to consider them a joy. You see, it's not about pretending that trials are fun. It's not about pretending that they aren't painful and difficult. It's not about forcing a smile, even though you're hurting inside. No, it's about recognising how God uses trials to grow us, to refine us, to make us more like his son. And so remember... What Jesus has endured, his trials, that he faced for our sake. I Just scan in your mind what he's done for us. You know, he was despised and mocked, right? He was slandered and betrayed. He was abandoned, humiliated, dying on a cross for you and I so that we could be welcomed into God's family. That's the trial he faced, and God used it to accomplish an amazing blessing for his people. You see, our God is no stranger to suffering and trials. He uses them to accomplish his purposes so that his people can look at trials and go, yes, that's bad, but it brings us a deep joy and gratitude for what he can do through them. And there are many examples in scripture. You, know, you see Joseph in Egypt, his trials that he faced. Paul experienced trials as well. And so we can too experience trials seeing that God will work through this For our good. Another way we can grow in our trials is by asking God for wisdom. You see, we need God's wisdom to help us grow in trials. In order to grow in our trials, we need to ask for God's help and ask for His wisdom. Our first Bible reading from Proverbs chapter 2 actually says that a lot. It repeats, The same idea that God is the one who gives wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is simply just knowing how to live well in God's world. And so we're told in verse 5 here that we should ask for God's wisdom if we're to grow in trials. Look with me. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Um, See, God is generous. He generously gives us wisdom. Uh, And he gives without reproach, which is different to how I give out things. So he gives without fault, and I tend to give with conditions. See, God is not like me. He's not like us in that he's generous. He graciously wants to give us wisdom so that we can grow in our trials. However, James does qualify this this amazing uh, promise uh, in verses 6 to 8 by saying that doubting can actually prohibit us, can stop us from receiving wisdom from God. Isn't that interesting? Look with me at verses 6 to 8. It says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You see, to doubt is to be double-minded. It's to be split in your allegiances. So James is saying that a person who doubts is like the waves of the sea that go back and forth, uh, coming to God one day for wisdom and going else, el- everywhere else another day. And so if that's you, uh, you really shouldn't expect uh, much from God. That's what verse 7 says. Even wisdom to grow in trials. Uh, This is not speaking about... The doubt here is not speaking about those occasional thoughts, uh, those questions that we might have about God. No, it's about actively turning away from God by doubting his generous character and allowing those doubts... To move us away from God regularly, never fully anchored on God, never fully committed to God. So instead, if we want to grow in our trials, we should be asking God for wisdom in faith. That's what verse 6 says in faith, believing God is generous and will supply the wisdom we need to get through our trials and sufferings. That's what real faith looks like in trials. That's what it means to be a Christian in our trials. It means to go, oh, I'm suffering. I need God. I need his wisdom to get me through. I need to pray for him to help me see this situation from his perspective, not from simply my own. So rather than relying on our own strength, our own intellect or whatever, we should be turning to God and praying for wisdom. That's what... Our first Bible reading from Proverbs chapter two says, "We should be seeking God's wisdom like we're seeking for hidden treasure." You know, I wish I searched for God's wisdom like I looked for hidden treasure. Don't you? I usually, when when I go to God for wisdom, uh, it's been a while. Uh, I've already made a mess of things. And so, whenever whatever trial you're going through, when you walk out. Uh, the doors this Sunday and you go to your week and you've got trials to meet you there. I don't know what it is, God does. If you want to grow, you need to ask for wisdom. You need to be praying for God to give you wisdom. And our God is a generous God. He delights to answer that prayer. He delights to give us the wisdom we need to grow to be more like him, more like his son. So let's, let's ask him in faith. The third thing we should do, uh, to grow through our trials is to uh, trust God's goodness. Uh, by trusting God's goodness, uh, we can grow through our trials. As we seek to grow in our trials, we need to keep putting God's goodness at the forefront of our mind, to keep remembering His good promises to us. Uh, verse 12 is the pivotal verse in this section, uh, it contains the amazing promise. Uh, that reveals God's generosity, his goodness to us. Read it with me if you can. Uh, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Now, that's worth underlining and memorising. You see, God generously promises us the crown of life, eternal life, to those who love him, even as they go through trials. Uh, You see, it can be easy to love God when things are going well. Uh, But when things aren't going well, and when you're experiencing pain and suffering and you don't know why, it can be really hard to trust that God is good in those moments. It can be even tempting to think, as James anticipates, uh, that, that God is testing us he is even tempting us now look with me at verse 13 it says let no one say when he is tempted that I'm being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one you see often our trials can turn into temptations temptations to turn away from God and to live our own way It can be tempting to blame God, you know, by believing lies about his goodness. But we need to realise that what's actually happening in those moments is our desires are leading us away from God towards death. Uh, We see that there in verses 14 and 15. Uh, Read it with me. It says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. You see, our desires are the problem. Our desire for comfort, for pleasure, for security, for approval, or whatever it is, can lead us to sin, can lead us away from God. And sin, when it is unresolved, when it is unforgiven, leads to death, eternal, permanent death. And so James is warning us, beware of your desires and look at God's goodness, right? So instead of looking to satisfy our desires, we should be looking up to the father of lights, our heavenly father and his good and perfect gifts to us. That'll help us grow in our trials, you see. And that's what it says there in verse 17. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. You see, God does not change. He doesn't go back and forth. He's stable, he's dependable, and he's good. Yes, he's far above us, but he's he's drawn near to us in his goodness through his son and what he's done for us. That's what verse 18 is all about. It's about God drawing near to us and giving us new life. It says, of his own will, he, God, brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of fruits of his creatures. You see, the word in the Greek there for brought forth is the word to give birth. That's what it means, to, to give life. And so this is the, this is the gospel according to James. He, he's saying God, God is the one who gives us new life it's his will not ours that gives us this new life and how does it come to us through the word of truth through the scriptures and so what does this look like what does it look like to trust god's goodness in the midst of our trials so that we can grow well verse 16 is quite clear it says do not be deceived my beloved brothers do not be deceived by convincing lies that you or others are saying. For example, don't believe the the, the lie that God uh, is tempting you to sin. God never tempts us to sin. God never puts us in situations where he thinks it's okay for us to do what he said not to do. So don't believe those lies. You know, lies like God made me like this and so I should be able to do this because it makes me feel good or the lie that God is not good, because you're experiencing something really painful. Because as we've already seen, God uses our trials and suffering to accomplish his purposes. So don't be deceived, don't believe the lies. Now having said that, I wanna be careful here, because some of you may be experiencing or may have experienced some really serious trials. And so to hear that God is good in the midst of those trials can be hard to hear, but it is true. Uh, James chapter 1 isn't the only place in the scriptures that address uh, trials and suffering. If you take the Bible as a whole, it says that suffering and trials are a result of sin. You know? It's not good that we're going through suffering and trials. Sin corrupts and destroys everything it touches. And we are responsible for our sin. We we may even be contributing to the trials of others, right? But God, our good God, has dealt with that, right? He's dealt with our, our problem of sin and death by sending Jesus to the cross for us to experience the ultimate trial so that we could be brought near to God, so that we could be saved, forgiven, and and brought into his family. So one day, trials, pain and suffering will be things of the past when we're with God, face-to-face, enjoying Him forever. And that's how we can trust God's goodness, by seeing what He's already done uh, on, through Jesus, His Son. See, so God uses trials. He is still good, even though what you might be feeling and facing might seem like it's not. So instead of being deceived about God's goodness, We should keep focusing on his goodness, on the good promises contained in the scriptures. We need to keep going back to the Bible and filling our hearts and our minds with the good promises in the Bible that reveal how good God is and that will help us grow in our trials. So we've seen how we can grow through our trials by considering them a joy, by asking God for wisdom and by trusting God's goodness. And so as you do this, hopefully by the Holy Spirit, God will be gracious and grow you to be more like his son, more Christ-like. And what a blessing that will be to our homes, our workplaces and communities, if we're like this, if we grow through trials, rather than being defeated by them. And what a witness this could be to our watching uh, friends and family, our, our neighbors and coworkers, that when we experience trials, we consider it a joy and we grow and we give God praise. We grow to be patient, kind, generous and loving like he is. You see how wonderful it would be if people saw God, God's grace at work in our lives and praised him for it. Now Let's ask God to help us to do this. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we thank and praise you that you are no stranger to suffering, that you see our suffering and our trials that we face, and that you have a purpose behind them, to grow us, to be more like Christ. Lord, if we're honest, we would admit that when we face trials, it's, it's not easy, and it's hard to consider it a joy. It's hard to ask you for wisdom, and it's hard to trust your goodness when things are going south. But please help us Please empower us by your spirit to really consider it a joy to be, to be made more like your son. Please use our trials that we go through to glorify your name. And we ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.